Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
Otherwise broadcasting live To billions of people Camels on the streets Tracking who we meet And call this liberty that you're involved in. We'll be glad to, to uh, 
get you in there to do that too. We've got uh, Poker Face, and that's the band that has supplied us with our uh, intro music. That's the song that you hear whenever you uh, when the show starts. And it's called Control, and uh, they've got a whole stack of albums out there ready for you to go and listen to and purchase, and it's all good music. And uh, they're a great group of guys. Uh, they've been on the show before. We'll we'll have them on the show again in the future to uh, talk about what they've been up to the last year or so and <clears throat> what they have planned uh, for the future. But they they spend a lot of time out on the road. They're playing at uh, different uh, venues, even shooting venues like uh, Knob Creek. They shoot at Knob Creek. They're uh, invited there to uh, <clears throat> to play. And like I said, they're a bunch of great guys and. And uh, and they do a lot uh, in their own way to forward the cause of freedom and liberty for the nation. Now, we also have a couple of other folks that we'd like to make sure that we mention. And while I'm doing... Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by. Scott's been cut off, but we'll have him back on the air in no time at all. Somebody post that on the chat so he can see that he's been cut off. In the meantime, I want to encourage you listeners to call in. Let us know what's going on with your local organization. We want to know about folks who picked up those new hats. Who's making the rifleman score? What new ranges have you brought online this week? We'd like to know all the information that you've got. So just dial in on our number, 213 Three two five three four three four, and let us know what's happening in your area. If the rest of you can hear me, I'd appreciate if you'd put that on the chat. How many of you have tried out some of the uh, products from our sponsors? Have any of you tried any of that uh, blue feather soap? I got to tell you, it's the best stuff you can have to put in your range bag. It'll take care of all them nasty burns, cuts, and scrapes. Cut off the range crud. Fix your ride up. Finest kind of stuff that you can have. So if you need to cut off the range crud, blue feather soap is what you need to have in your bag. Thank you, Sleazy Rider, for letting me know you can hear. I really need some of you folks to call in and let us know what's going on out there in your local area. Who picked up a new hat? Who had a fantastic sold-out shoot? Whose line is so full they got to divide and get another range? We need to know these things. It's an encouragement to everybody else that's listening, and we need to know. So somebody call in and tell us what's happening with that. A little while earlier, Scott mentioned Poker Face. If you go to their uh, website, www.pokerface.com, you'll find some links to their band. These folks make liberty-minded music. It's good stuff. They provide that bumper music to us for free. We used to use a song called Mohican Kiss on the intro, but I tell you, it costs money to use those songs, and we couldn't do it anymore. Music ain't free. Shouldn't be free. People have a right to make a, a dollar off their effort. 
Poker Face is kindly letting us use their music, and we need to thank them. So if you uh, frequent their site, maybe buy a CD from them, and let them know that we appreciate their effort. Yeah, they're some good guys, and they uh, they'll be more than willing to uh, you know to to help you out and. Uh, and like I said, the music is great. It's not for everybody, but uh, no music is. But uh, but there's some good guys. And did you the did you put the the uh, the address for Jimmy in there? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Can you all you guys can hear me now? Can't you? We can't. Yeah. I haven't put oh. Jimmy in yet, but he'll be next up. Okay. That was. Uh, that was courtesy of uh, my golden retriever Achilles, who uh, he, he has to be everywhere I am. He's a huge, uh, a huge sack of potatoes, of kind of a bear-sized dog, and and he weaseled his way into where I was, and then he wrapped the phone cord around him, and then and then when he left, he just took the phone cord with him, and. Uh, Pulled it out of the wall. So, uh, okay. DesertEagleFarms.MyEFoods.com. So, if you guys need uh, some long-term uh, storable food, then uh, contact Jimmy. He's one of our apple seed folks. And if you're going to buy from somebody, then buy from one of our apple seed guys. We're always trying to help uplift each other and help out our apple seed brothers and sisters. And, uh, uh, and if you can get a product from uh, one of your apple seed brothers and sisters, then please do so. Uh, he also does. Uh, he also is a uh, uh, dealer now for the Novot Master. And if you guys are shooting uh, long distance, uh, if you're shooting uh, your rifles at long distance, or you're you're out hunting, and uh, and you don't want to spend, uh, you know. Three to eight hundred dollars on a uh, on a, some type of a laser optics or something like that, and instead you want to do it, then uh, then you can grab one of the mill dot masters uh, from Jimmy, and that will allow you to uh, to uh, to get the to get the distance. By using the the uh, reticle in your scope, or using uh, measurement uh, from your sights and from your eyes, and uh, there's no batteries that go out, and it's a very accurate device. And he allows you, uh, even will provide you with data for shooting uh, uphill and down. And uh, we also have uh, uh, Beth Schoenberg, uh, who used to be with the Dairy Brownfield Show, and. Uh, then Derry died, and she went out on her own, and uh, she's got uh, her radio show now. It's uh, csctalkradio.com, and uh, you can uh, listen to uh, her show, and she was one of the uh, the first folks to, to give us a hand and uh, invite us on her show. We've been on her show. I've been on her show as a guest, and she does a, a great job. And uh, let's see. All right, he's got. Uh, I've got a 
a note here from Bill Winkle saying he's got uh, bumper stickers and stuff for sale at www.patriotico, patriotic items. All right, I'll catch on to it quick enough. Patrioticitemsforsale.com. And uh, we've got... uh, I told you guys uh, uh, a couple of months ago about the book that I had read uh, from Jerry Van Cup. And uh, I'm still trying to get him to come on the radio show as a guest. And uh, he's got a book that he wrote that I really I really want to recommend to you guys because it's, it's filled with common sense, which a lot of these self-defense books uh, are not. And uh, it's a really good book, and it's called... Uh, uh, Real World Self-Defense, A Guide to Staying Alive in Dangerous Times. And uh, you've got a a ton of uh, real-world, common-sense advice for you. And uh, it's very easy reading. He's a great guy. Uh, If you want to call in and get uh, any of your congratulations on the air, if you want to... uh, if you want to uh, talk to talk about uh, one of your local crew members, then we uh, welcome your calls at 347-308-8790. I want to let you guys know that uh, that uh, we'll be having, you know, the, I told you guys that we've got uh, uh, that we, that Appleseed was involved in uh, a movie and a documentary uh, recently, and uh, the name of the documentary is uh, Behold a Pale Horse, and I'm looking for the uh, I'm looking for the website here. Uh, I know that I have it, and uh, and. I want to make sure that I give you guys uh, give you guys the right website for it. <clears throat> anyway, it's uh, it is a fantastic. Uh, let me see, I'm 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 trying to read, and while I'm uh, while I'm doing this. Uh, Okay. You know, the uh the director is going to be on in the next uh uh in the next week or two and uh there we go. And uh he's gonna talk to us about this, about the the uh, movie he just did. It is Behold a Pale Horse dot tv all right and uh it is uh, a documentary that talks to a lot of different folks uh around the nation and it has a lot of different uh uh perspectives on the things that are going in the nation and uh, charlie daniels narrates uh the film and he wrote uh uh, the theme song for it, and it's a really great, uh, uh, a really great film. 
Uh, and once again, that's uh, www.beholdapalehorse.tv. And uh, part one is already out. It was released uh, at the Fredericksburg Film Festival, uh, I guess about a month ago. And the website has uh, some trailers on it. It has uh, uh, a listing of the folks that were uh, interviewed and uh, the Apsey folks went up to Fredericksburg and we spent uh, a full day uh, putting on a shoot so that we could film it. Um, we're not in the show for a long time. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, a good two or three minutes uh, that we're in there. But we're offered as a as part of a solution on how to fix the problems of the nation. So uh, I encourage you guys to go and take a look at it. Remember that uh, that you may hear other uh, uh, you may hear other points of view from people with different uh, ideas about what's going on in the nation or what uh, uh, or what they think is. and this isn't uh, this isn't a movie about or by Appleseed, all right? So everybody's allowed to have their own uh, their own opinions, their own views, uh, and uh, I think it's a I think it's a great show. A great show. They've got a a listing here for a trailer for it on YouTube, but if you go to the website, then uh, you can uh, uh, you can get view the trailer right there off the website. And uh, let's see. <clears throat> and uh, Chuck Undersea, who's a director, I uh, spoke to him this week, and uh, uh, I believe that the DVDs are getting ready to, to go on Amazon. And I don't remember. I I don't think I asked him, but I know at one point we we're talking about uh, uh, there being a, a deal with Netflix. To carry it too, but I don't. I don't. I didn't ask you if that was uh, if that was happening or not. But uh, when he comes on, I want you guys to know. Uh, uh, when he comes on, I'm sure he'll have all the the information on that. And he's a great uh, great guy, fellow Texan, and uh, he's living up in Fredericksburg and certainly doing his bit uh, to try and help uh, get the information out on on what is on what's occurring uh in our nation. Uh, all right, uh we're still taking uh we're still taking calls. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. If you want to call in we'll be glad to take your calls and then uh, uh and then in just a minute we're gonna be talking about uh the lead in to the Declaration of Independence, how it came about, some of the discussion on it. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, some of the discussion in uh, England uh, about the the troubles in the colonies and the up uh, and the the beginning of the war, and uh, and talking about uh, uh, the King George's decision to hire mercenaries and uh, and many of the things leading up to the final declaration of independence. And if we have any time, we'll begin to we'll start talking about uh, the uh, the war as it began to unfold in New York. 
Because remember, we when we last uh, when we last left the colonists, they had just uh, ended the siege of Boston, and they had done that by occupying Dorchester Heights and forcing the uh, uh, Gage and all the rest of the troops, uh, not Gage, uh, uh, Howe and the rest of the troops uh, to vacate Boston and uh, for them to sail out of Boston, sail out of the colonies altogether to Halifax. But that wasn't the end of the story because they were going to repack and uh, there was already projects in the work to send the troops back and they were more than probably going to land in New York. And they did, in fact, land in New York. And there were uh, several battles fought in New York before uh, the uh, colonists were forced out of New York and back across to Delaware. All right? We'll be talking about that in just a minute. But uh, before we do, let's talk to uh, Corey. Corey, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm just uh, I'm just dandy. How about yourself? I'm great. I've been having a really good experience with uh, family members going to these shoots. Well, and, and uh, where where are you at, Corey? Go ahead. Where are you at physically in the United States? Can you hear me? Corey, can you hear me? I'm not sure if we lost him or not. Oh, we did. Gosh, dog it. All right. Well, listen, uh, tell Corey to call back uh, Call back in. And uh, if he didn't call in a minute, then uh, uh, the co-host, you can, uh, I'm sure you probably got his number because you're good about that. Uh, you can uh, call him back and see, but... Uh, if not, tell him to give tell him to uh, call back in, and we'll get him back on the air because I like to hear about. Uh, uh, oh, I think he's. Uh, I think I just got him. Uh, okay, Corey, we get you back. Yep. All right. Where do you say you were at in the United States? Orlando, Florida. Florida. Well, that's excellent. All right. Well, who did you manage to talk into of your family members? Uh, did you talk into coming to the uh, event? Uh, Brian Padamore, he's the one that got me started. And he's a really great guy. He's a uh, red hat and took me two apple seeds to score. He's just a really good guy. He taught me everything I know. Excellent. Now you just mean about shooting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is great. Well, who else did you get to uh, from your family to come to the event? Uh, my grandma, Connie Donovan. No kidding. And how old is your grandmother? Uh, I'm her 50s. Well, that's not bad. You know, we've had folks. Uh, I'm not sure what the oldest person is. I'd like to, for somebody that knows, or if we have any kind of data on it, I'd like for somebody to... Uh, to let me know so I can tell everybody else. But I know that we've had folks in their 80s, and I've had folks uh, uh, in their uh, early 80s uh, at events here, and I've had uh, women in their late 70s here. Well, how did your grandmother do? Did she enjoy the event? Yeah, she's actually a blue hat. She's a helper. Oh, really? Yeah. Whenever she goes, we bring uh, my little sister, Kandasi. She helps along with these events as well, too. 
Well, that is excellent. Now, yeah, did you say that that you had uh, uh, taken a hat to become an instructor too? Yes, sir. Fantastic. And who are you working with uh, uh, in that area? Um, Brian. What other what other red hats and shoot bosses and uh, other instructors? Um, his name is Trey. I don't know his last name, but Trey, Rick Hoff, and um, Smoke, and um, Trey. If I, if I didn't mention. Okay. And, and those uh, are all people. Well, that sounds great. What other is now? You got uh, your grandmother to go. Do you get anybody else in your family to go? Well, you said you got your niece, right? My little sister. Oh, your little sister. Okay. And anybody else that uh, that you're working on now? Oh, my stepdad might be coming with us here pretty soon. Well, you know, a lot of people. I think a lot of people overlook the fact that one of the first places you can start at uh, as far as getting people to uh, to attend events is in your own family. You know, a lot of people overlook that, and uh, that really should be one of the first places you start is with your own family. Uh, you can have your your wife or husband attend, uh, your kids uh your mother and father, your brothers and sisters, and uh, the majority of the instructors that I know have all had family members who attended the events, and uh, a lot of them uh, ended up becoming instructors uh, along with the family member that brought them. Uh, we have several families uh, that now are working together as teams. So, And I think that's one of the best things that you can do is have your family together uh, as a team. And I know that we've got a, a huge family team up in, uh, uh, oh, I keep wanting to say Iowa. It's not Iowa. It is uh, 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 not Oregon. Uh, it's the Cernix, but the, they're a, a, a huge family of instructors up there and really one of the best families of instructors that we have. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping when I go back uh, visit my uh, mother in Colorado, my two brothers, I'm hoping to get them shooting, come to apple seeds and learning about the history and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. Well, anything you guys, any special events you guys have coming up there in Florida? Um, we have an outdoor range. We're actually going to be shooting here on the ninth and tenth in June. We're going to have a lot of people there. Excellent. And uh, with these uh, once again, give your give your location and the and the uh, the name of the range and the date. Um, uh, Green Swamp in uh, Claremont, Florida. I don't have the address on me right now, but uh, you should look. You should be able to see it next week on the forum. Okay. All right. Well, anything else you want to say or anything else you want to get out to the folks? Um, I'm really impressed and I'm really glad that um, Appleseed 
teaches about our history and lets us be free and shoot weapons. Just rifle holders. There, yeah. there you go. Without well, permission. So, yeah. Uh, Thanks please. for calling in, and be sure and uh, and uh, and don't be a stranger. All right, call back in and give us updates on your area in Florida and uh, any other family members that you've got to attend or anything else. Okay. All right. All right, Corey. Thank you very much. Thanks uh, for calling in, but also thanks for becoming uh, an instructor and for helping out, helping push the program forward, helping your fellow Americans uh, by by being there, ready to teach them about their history and, and teach them uh, about rifle marksmanship and rifle safety. Uh, I really appreciate that. So thank you, Corey. Thank you. Have me on. All right. Uh, uh, now, remember, we've got the... Uh, we're going to take you guys' calls for uh, uh, for telling your local crew members thanks uh, for letting us know about upcoming events or letting us know how, they, how an event just went. Uh, for and if you have any kind of uh, uh, commercial venture that you're going, you'd like to start or you'd like to uh, let people know about, then we'd be glad to take your call on that three four seven three zero eight eight seven. Nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and the uh, co-host here has put in uh, uh, another uh, commercial venture, and that one just has to be uh, be run by myself and my partner Mark Martinez, Alonso uh, One on the forum, and. Uh, and he and I have uh, put together a company called BattleRoadUSA.com. And uh, you can look at the website, BattleRoadUSA.com. And uh, what we teach is self-defense shooting, and we do that uh, by giving you instruction in handguns, uh, combat carbine, in uh, combat shotgun. We've got uh, the... Uh, we've got the July... 21st and 22nd level one and level two handgun course. And listen, this isn't a baby course. This is a uh, this is a very intense uh, handgun course, and we're going to be teaching you to uh, draw from concealed to uh, get your first shot off in about one one and a half seconds, and then. Uh, you're going to uh, put uh, three to four rounds per second into the target. You're going to be shooting at multiple targets. You're going to be shooting uh, in different positions. Uh, we're going to be teaching you to move offline as you're making your draw to begin your shot so that you're not uh, still in the bad guy's sights. Uh, we're going to be teaching you to do uh, uh, reloads and uh, uh, and teaching you about uh, failures to fire and uh, correcting that, we're going to, uh, it's it's a lot of shooting. We're going to be shooting about 500 rounds a day or more. And uh, we've got a brand new shoot house that you guys will be going through at the end of the day. Not for tactics uh, in level one and level two. Uh, that'll come in level three and level four at handgun. Level one and level two is mainly about marksmanship. But we're going to put you into a uh, real world type 
environment, then you can see how much your marksmanship counts. Uh, when you're shooting at a, uh, a target on the range there and you uh, one of your rounds escapes and goes outside the target lines or whatever, it's not that big a deal, right? You're saying, well, I'll just try harder next time. Uh, if you go into the shoot house, if you go into a real-world environment, and uh, you take a shot at a target, and that target happens to be a, uh, a young man in a crowded school hallway pointing a gun at you, and one of your rounds uh, escapes there, and it's going to hit somebody else. It's going to hit an innocent person. So we're going to be teaching you uh, your marksmanship skills, and uh, then we're going to show you why they're important. And then at the end of uh, the month, at the end of July, we'll have a combat shotgun course. Listen, this is a very important course for you folks, especially uh, folks that are using their, their shotgun as a home defense weapon, all right, because uh, because there's a lot of things that you need to know uh, about using a shotgun for home defense, and uh, and it's a very uh, it's a uh, a very interesting course, and it's a very important course. And uh, for more information, you can go to our website. That is uh, www.battleroadusa.com, all right? Uh, you can also look us up on uh, Facebook. We're on, we're on the Facebook, uh, and uh, you can uh, like us there. <clears throat> all right, uh, uh, our number is 347-308-8790, 347-308-8790. Three zero eight eight seven nine zero. We'll be glad to take a couple more calls before uh, before we get started on uh, the history. Uh, area code five one two nine eight three. You're on there. Area code five one two nine eight three. Now, if I like, if I call out your number, or something you don't have to talk. You don't, you don't have to hang up either. I'll just uh, put you back in the in the mute. You can talk to the uh, the call screener, and uh, he'll. They'll ask if you wanna if you wanna talk, and you don't want to, no problem. Uh, we just want to give you a chance to uh, to talk if you call up. And uh, let's see, we got the also we have uh, uh, Blue Feather and Tyler's Glock out in New Mexico, and they're still cranking out those. Uh, you know, they're, they're really actually very pretty bars of soap. Uh, yeah, bars of soap are almost like uh, you know a piece of artwork too. Anyway, they're taking out handmade soap, very affordable, and, uh, and it's a really really good soap. I'm gonna have to call them and order some more because I'm looking at my hands now, and my hands are just a a shredded, uh, horribly cracked up uh, chunk of skin here where all my skin is dried out and broken open, and then when I get diesel and oil in the cracks, there's no way of getting it out. Well, when I use their soap, I don't get the cracked hands, and uh, and then there's uh, there's a lot of times, like, well, if I know I'm going to go work on something, I'll take the soap and I'll rub it on my hands kind of dry, and that way, uh, that way it's already in the, uh, on my hands so that I'm not going to get the the oil or the paint or anything else uh, into my hand because I've already got it protected by a, a layer of the of the soap that they make. It's uh, the bar of soap looks pretty. It smells great, and uh, and it really does a great job. And I'm really surprised because here you got these uh, 
uh, these two, uh, uh, I believe that uh, Blue Feather is an attorney, and I'm, uh, it seems like uh, Thomas Brock was an engineer uh, or an architect. Anyway, they're out there in their, uh, in their uh, shed in their New Mexico home, cranking out uh, handmade soap. So if you need some soap, uh, then uh, then give uh, Blue Feather. Uh, you can just check here. It is bluefeather.bizhosting.com and uh, grab some soap from them. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let me see here. All right. If you'd like to call in, once again, the number is 347 308 347-308-8790. Now, <clears throat> uh, I see that... Uh, that the old guy is mentioning adaptive apple seed. We'll go ahead and talk about that just for a second because uh, I'm not sure that how many people know about that. But uh, apple seed has always been uh, been willing to go uh, go as far as it takes, uh, you know, to meet the needs of of anybody who wants to come to an event and shoot. You know, I've had folks. Uh, uh, contact me all the time and say, look, uh, I'd like to come and shoot, but listen, I, I don't know how good I can move around. I got shot the rag dolls uh, in uh, in Vietnam or in uh, uh, in the Middle East, and I don't move so good anymore. And the thing I want to tell them is, look, you want to shoot, you come to the event, and we will make it happen, all right? Whatever it takes. If i got to build a table or something for you to sit in, or something else, I will do it. I'll be more than glad to do it. And Appleseed has a policy of that. And uh, we have the uh, uh, the program now that's called Adaptive Appleseed. And, uh, and anybody who wants to uh, come to an event and shoot, if you have some type of a, uh, a challenge that, uh, that you need some assistance with, uh, on uh, uh, on uh, for us to help you to meet your needs or your desire to uh, to learn to shoot or just to get on the range and continue shooting, we'll be glad to do it. Uh, I have uh, I have folks that uh, are missing uh, arms and legs from. For one reason or another, they've been shot off or blown off, or uh, or they lost it in an accident, and I'll sandbag their rifles, or we'll uh, we'll put a bench up, or we'll get folks in a wheelchair, and we'll uh, we'll be glad to uh, uh, to get a table they can shoot from, whatever it takes. All right, uh, we want you at Appleseeds. We're not going to uh, we're never going to turn you away as long as you can shoot safely. All right, and you got to you yourself will have to. Uh, understand or realize that if you can't shoot safely, then you can't be in the line. Now, it goes for anybody, not just uh, folks with any kind of a challenge. But it goes for anybody. So as long as you can shoot safely, then we're going to put you on the line, all right? We're going to make sure that uh, you get a chance to shoot just like everybody else, all right? <clears throat> if you uh, if you want any more information about that, you can go to the uh, Appleseed website, org. And you look at the tabs across the top, and you can see uh, we've got the uh, adaptive apple seed. If you want to read more about that, and if you want to, uh, 
if you have any questions about it, then uh, you can go to the website, too, there, and uh, one of the tabs says Contact Us, and that allows you to send, inform- uh, send questions to uh, Appleseed, either uh, to the main office or to the uh, uh, to your state. Uh, you can send the inform- you can send the request for information directly to your state by going to rwva.org and then look at the tabs at the top. If you wonder if you're wondering about how to get to an event or where and when they're having them, same thing. Go to rwva.org and then there's a list of tabs across the top. Look at the one that says Appleseed and uh, put your cursor on that. You'll go to drop down menu on the drop-down menu, select Schedule, and you'll get a listing of events across the nation, all right? And uh, and we certainly uh, look forward to seeing you uh, on a line somewhere in the nation. <clears throat> all right. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Uh, area code five one two six five nine. You on there? Um, yes, I'm here. This is Rachel. I'm calling from the Austin area, and hey, I've been to Austin a number of times. Hi, yes. Is this is this Rachel? The Rachel that I know? Yes, yes. This is Bullet. Well, hey there, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I have a bad cold right now, but I'm I'm doing well. And <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to call in and say, you know, what everything you were saying about Appleseed was totally true. All the instructors have been excellent. That's Appleseed is where I learned to shoot rifles and I'm so grateful for that. And actually I was calling because I heard you talking about power roads. And I wanted to just let everybody know that I've I was um I attended Battle Road a couple months ago and that also is just top notch, excellent training and I'm looking forward to going back. I've already registered for the next one. Um, but I highly recommend it, and I highly encourage everybody to get out there and attend that course also. Well, thank you, Rachel. Well, and Rachel, the one thing Rachel didn't tell you is that uh, is that uh, she shot the rifle in standards, and uh, and she's asked for the hat, and we got a big hat with her name on it. It's not a regular one. This is an orange sombrero that we made for her, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And the next time we see Rachel, we're going to have the ceremony and uh, and drum you into the core. So I hope you're still uh, I hope you're still thinking about doing that because we can sure use you. That's awesome. Yes, I am. I have I have the villa on my schedule, and I definitely plan to be there. And also, Rachel has been uh, absolute one of the absolute best folks I've ever seen about making sure that she never shows up to an event alone. She's always dragging somebody with her. I mean, uh, she's always got a family member or a friend or somebody. I don't think I've ever seen you come to an event alone, uh, Rachel. You've always had uh, either one other person, up from one other person to a carload of other people that you've managed to to bring with you to an event. So Rachel's already said she's been seven-stepping long before... uh, Long before she uh, decided to take the hat, she was already seven stepping, and uh, and she's a joy to be around. 
always has a smile on her face and uh, always listens to the instructions. I don't know. You may, she may not like some of the stuff she hears sometimes, but she always has a smile on her face and uh, and just does an absolutely fantastic job. Now, you were shooting before you showed up at Appleseed, right? Um, Not really. That was pretty much the first time I'd shot a rifle. Okay, a rifle. But you've been shooting handguns before then. Right, right, right. I'd shot handguns before then. Right. Okay, but not, I not remember, I, I, Yeah. Well, I remember us talking about, uh, I believe that you, yeah, I believe that you said that you'd, that you'd been shooting handguns before then, but uh, but you did a fantastic job uh, at the apple seed. And once again, most of the time, I'll tell you right now, women uh, almost always do better than guys for some reason. I believe it's just because guys just feel that uh, that by virtue of their uh, chromosomal pattern uh, that they're inherently, uh, uh, you know, enabled to shoot because they're guys. And, uh, and what usually happens is the guys uh, will be, they'll be listening to the instruction and uh, or, or maybe not all the way listening to it. They'll be listening to it with one ear because they're, I'm sure that they're thinking in their minds, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm a guy. So I already know how to shoot. No, I'm going to listen. Uh, I already know how to do this stuff, so I'm only going to listen halfway. And uh, that doesn't really work out so good all the time. Then uh, you have uh, young ladies like Rachel, and, and most of the women that I've seen come through there, most of the time they say, you know what, because uh, I think women look at, uh, instruction a lot different than guys. They say, you know what? I'm I'm really not that sure about what I'm doing. I'm not that experienced, so I'm just going to listen to what the instructor says, and then I'm going to I'm going to do what he says. And because they do that, by the end of the day, the women uh, are almost always shooting better than the guys. Especially when you have the uh, the man and wife team. I can't tell you how many times the poor guy. Uh, is standing there sheepishly uh, applauding when his wife gets the rifleman's patch, and he's and he's still left with that one. And I remember a story. Uh, uh, I don't remember how it started, but I remember I was doing a shoot in uh, at Ramser in North Carolina, and there was a family there, and it, the man and wife were shooting, and the woman. Had shot to rifleman standards uh, long before the guy. He, he never shot the rifleman standards. And uh, when she got the uh, the patch, she turned to her husband and she said, "We're stopping at Walmart on the way home to buy you a pretty pink dress." And uh, <laughs> so, well, thank you, Rachel. And uh, who do you have? Are you working on somebody to uh, somebody new to drag with you this time? Um, yes, I have, I think, three new people and then one who's been before, and I'm pretty sure they're all coming. So. Well, I was looking at your, your Facebook page. Grab some of those people that uh, uh, that are uh, parachuting with you. Those people are probably <laughs> willing to come to an event. Yeah, they should come. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much, Rachel, and I, I look forward to uh, seeing you on the line here in the villa. I look forward to uh, handing the hat and 
you becoming an instructor with the Apple Seed Project, because I think you're going to do fantastic. Well, thank you, Scout, and I look forward to seeing y'all racing. All right. Anything else you want to get out? Um, well, I don't know if this is an appropriate place to talk about the, um, there's a girls' camp that I'm leading this summer. Well, go ahead. Okay. Um, just real briefly, um, I'm I and several friends of mine are leading a girls' camp. Um, it's this August. Or it's called Academy 31, and our website is academy31.com. It's for girls aged high school and above um, to teach them some practical skills, um, give them a taste of life in the country. It's going to be um, for two weeks at a family farm near where I live. Um, Central Texas, and then also just for Christian mentorship, we're going to keep it really small. So if anybody's interested, that that website is um, academy31.com. Academy31.com. Okay, I'll get the the co-host will uh, uh, make a note of that because he he always does a great job of that. We'll keep that in rotation. When is the date on that now? That's August 12th through 24th. August 12th to the 24th. Well, listen, guys, uh, I can tell you that I haven't, I have not been to the women's camp. But I can also tell you that knowing Rachel and uh, knowing, the, knowing the type of person that she is, I can guarantee you that if there is something that she recommends to you, then, uh, then you can guarantee that it is, uh, it is a high-quality Event or item, etc. And if this is something that you guys uh, that you guys are thinking about out there, and you guys hear me on the show all the time talking about making sure that you have the the skills uh, and the mindset in order to carry you through the things that you're going to encounter in your life. Uh, and this is one of those things that I'm talking about. Uh, this is uh, actually uh, you know a multi uh a multifold project and uh and Rachel we would uh, I'd like for you to go ahead and and make sure that uh, you keep reminding us about it. We'll do we'll remember to to get it out on the air but uh, as it gets closer and stuff, make sure that you uh and you have slots left, make sure that you uh, call in and remind us so that we can uh, uh, we can make sure to mention it on the air. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right, Rachel. Well, thanks again. Like I said, I look forward to seeing you uh, on the line out here. And uh, and you take care. God bless and keep you and yours. Well, thank you, and the same to you. All right, bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, uh, like I said, guys, uh, Rachel is... She's the salt of the earth. She's uh, very intelligent and uh, very skilled. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to explain stuff to her more than once. And I think she's going to make a, a fantastic apple seed instructor. And like I said, she's she's never shown up uh, alone. She's always managed to. Uh, to drag somebody with her. Some of them haven't come back. Maybe it wasn't for them, and some of them have. And uh, she's got a great family. And if her uh, family is putting together a course there for her place, I'm telling you, it's going to be well worth attending, all right? 
Okay, once again, if you want to call in, uh, you can call in at 347-308-8790. We're going to have uh, Dr. Uh, Fisher on in uh, in a couple of weeks to talk about his uh, about his uh, another of his books. Uh, sorry, I've got uh, we've got a a litter of pups here, and they've just got to the size, I guess, where they can escape their little bathtub, and they're just, uh, uh, I mean, just now, they're just now to the size that they're escaping, so it's a shock for me to see them wandering around. <clears throat> uh, we'll have uh, uh, Chris Knox from the Knox Report uh, will be on the sh- on the show, one of the upcoming shows here, and uh, I told you that uh, uh, Chuck Huggersey, the director of the film uh, Behold a Pale Horse, uh, will be on in the next couple of weeks, and if any of you guys have someone that you would like to hear on the air, then uh, be sure and let me know, because that's what I want to do, is I want to get the folks, if you have somebody that you want to hear, something that you think, uh, some uh, guests that uh, you think would be uh, uh, a good guest for the show, then uh, drop me a, uh, a PM or an email or give me a call and let me know, and uh, we'll do our best to get them on the show for you. All right? Uh, all right. We're going to talk about the... the... Uh, the mindset... Of the of the uh, of the folks in England that uh, that was not when you think about the American Revolutionary War and you think about uh, uh, England and uh, being the enemy and uh, the the war between. Uh, the colonies in England, uh, it's easy to to see it as a very simple uh, us and them, good guy, bad guy kind of thing. And, uh, and of course, as we all know, there's nothing that is that simple. There's nothing that is, that is as simple as good guy and bad guy. Uh, there were plenty of folks in England who were dead set against what... Uh, what the king and Lord North were doing, and they, up until the the full outbreak of hostilities, and then up to almost a year later, until the Declaration of Independence, uh, many folks were quite vocal about it. Now, once the Declaration of, once the Independence was declared, it was a lot harder for for them to vocalize it because then it could be considered treason. All right, but up to the Declaration of Independence. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth discussion on it. Right, we got another uh, caller we want to get on the air real quick here. Uh, Miguel, welcome to the show. Miguel, you there? Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, I was just listening to the show, and uh, I heard uh, Bullet call in, and 
uh, I thought I should call in and just uh, follow up and say that uh, everything that you said about the young lady is true. Absolutely. Yeah, none of you guys don't think I'd be steering you wrong, right? And I could say the same thing about Miguel. Miguel is a uh, a stand-up gentleman, and uh, for all intents, everything I can tell about him, he seems like a man to ride the river with. And we're working on Miguel, too, uh, to start showing up at events uh, as an instructor. And uh, that's still in your mind, right? Yes, sir. I just need to uh, all right. get uh, get my first step and get Junior down there to complete the course. All right. And uh, let's see. You also came through. Uh, you also came through the the level one, level two handgun at Battle Road, didn't you? I did. I did, and I've actually uh, been patiently waiting for the uh, next series uh, in in the in the group to uh, go down there and, and enjoy that. And actually, also trying to get some of my buddies to come down with me because I got to tell you that was a blast. That was a lot better than I expected. You guys definitely are underselling uh, what this event is. So for all the folks who might be sitting on the fence, i got to tell you, it's it's fantastic. I, I, I totally recommend it to anybody who's even remotely interested in it. Absolutely. And uh, and like I said, it's, it's not a baby course. It's a, it's a pretty intense course. We had Miguel sweating, and, uh, and I don't know if he lost any skin or not, uh, but... Uh, a lot of the folks at one of the earlier courses did. So now I've got I make sure that I keep plenty of mold skin uh, on hand because, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna shoot a good bit. You're gonna shoot 500 plus rounds a day. Now we do have the combat shotgun coming up at the end of July. Yeah, if you'd like to come, and uh, I think we're trying to work out the, some kind of deal uh, for. Appleseed folks, but I, but I but I don't know that that's going to happen or not. Uh, but uh, we've got the combat shotgun course coming at the end of July. Hopefully, we'll see you there. And uh, right around that same time, we should be uh, we should have uh, enough folks that have been through one and two that uh, will be ready to start running the level three courses. And level three courses is, are where we where we do begin to teach tactics. Uh, in level three, you'll be shooting in uh, in all positions. You'll be laying on the ground like you just fell down. You'll be shooting offhand. You'll be uh, uh, shooting at uh, multiple targets. There'll be force on force, uh, where you'll actually have people shooting back at you, not with live ammunition, of course. But uh, and then uh, there'll be uh, uh, vehicle defense and room clearing, so that if you're in your home. And you can't get out the window or or get your kids out of the house safely. You have to address the threat in your home. There's no way around it because one of the things we teach is that if there's a way to keep from from having to uh, to go uh, gun on gun uh, with a threat, then that's the best course to take. All right, no matter how good you are, there's always the element of chance. And it's always a roll of the dice. So if you can keep from from having somebody shooting at you, then that's always the best course. But if you can't, if you absolutely uh, must move from room to room uh, and address a threat in your home, then we're going to 
uh, we're going to teach you the best possible way uh, to do that. And uh, and we're not just some guys that uh, that that are making this up. There's a there's a good uh, thirty plus years of experience. Uh, Mr. Martinez has been uh, clearing houses and uh, and alleys and cars and everything else for twenty years, and uh, he's going to give you the benefit of his experience. And uh, one of the ways that you can tell that uh, he's pretty good at it is he's still alive. And uh, so uh, the level one, level two handgun is July 21st, 22nd. The combat shotgun is the next weekend. And uh, and then I guess uh, August, in August or September, we'll run the level three. And... Uh, and thanks for calling in and uh, and letting the folks know that I wasn't shining them. That uh, that Rachel is uh, she's a great Texan, and that uh, hopefully that I'll see you and Rachel uh, on the line instructing with us uh, uh, before the summer ends. Well, most most definitely. And again, thank you very much, Kyle, for everything you do and. And appreciate all of your efforts, and I will definitely be uh, trying my hardest to get to that shotgun course, and definitely looking forward to the advanced courses as well. All right. Hey, thank you, Miguel. Okay. Make sure you drag one of your uh, one of your neighbors or something to the uh, Apple C2. The way I tell folks is that, uh, uh, and this is this is not the the Apple C policy. This is my my prepping. Uh, policy and one of the ways I kind of humorously uh, give the example of folks, and that is that that I'll shoot every zombie uh, that I can, <laughs> uh, and I'll try and shoot all of the, the zombies uh, for my neighbors too. But I'm going to shoot the ones in front of my house first, so uh, it would probably benefit them to make sure that they can. Uh, that they can have these skills to shoot the zombies in front of their house. And we're talking about zombies. There's no other, uh, nothing else is implied. We're talking about actual uh, virus-generated zombies, all right? <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you, Miguel. Thanks for calling in, and uh, and hopefully I'll see you in uh, July. And uh, I'll make sure that... Uh, that we send you a note about the level three course uh, the minute we uh, put the date on it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Good night. Uh, thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, and now we have uh, Cool Mike. Is it Cool Mike? Yep, that is. <laughs> All right, way to go. That's a good name. Welcome to show, uh, cool, Mike. Where are you calling from? Well, I'm I'm in Pontiac, Michigan, right north, just uh, about two miles north of Detroit. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do the All show right. Conservative Primetime. I wanted to get you guys on. Um, we're going to do a show next week on the uh, Second Amendment. And I'm, I'm really into uh, just... Uh, all the great projects that you guys with Appleseed have going around. I'm actually signed up 
for a course next month in uh, just north of me, about 45 minutes. And I'm really excited to learn uh, marksmanship. And it's actually your show and some of the uh, things you said that uh, kind of induced me to research some stuff on the web and to very much be excited about uh, taking my Second Amend Amendment rights and, uh, and just seeing the boot camps and uh, slow. I'm obviously in the baby steps, but just learning the proper uh, way um, of going about marksmanship is really so exciting for me. Sometimes I can't even well, sleep. I'm <laughs> it is, and listen, it's 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 not. Uh, it, it's a very important. Uh, it's a very important program that we're trying to run, and one of the reasons is because uh, marksmanship has been a uh, like a dying skill, and we have a heritage. And I'm not talking about the cowboy, you know, saying about all, all of the Americans being cowboys or anything else. I'm just saying we have a heritage as rifle in rifle marksmanship. And uh, we don't want to see that disappear. And not only that, but we have a right. Uh, we have the right to keep in their arms. And one of the things that Appleseed does is we teach families and children, a lot of folks that have that have no previous experience. And, and it, that is very important because a lot of the kids that we're teaching <clears> – <throat> Uh, when I was a young man, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up early and I shot, uh, you know, I, I shot rifles and everybody I knew did. I don't think there was anybody I knew, guys or girls, that did not, that were not uh, out shooting. And now I still live rurally, but I tell you that hardly any of the kids that I know now uh have uh, have really any uh any participation in or, or any type of exposure to uh firearms or rifle marksmanship. And here's the problem with that is that uh, these kids that are in uh you know in uh elementary school or uh middle school or even in high school right now, in just a couple of short years, they're going to be 18 and they're going to be a voting age. And if a vote comes up uh, on something relating to the Second Amendment and they've never, uh, they've never had their hands on a rifle, then for them it's going to be, uh, it's going to be neither here nor there. They're gonna, not going to care less one way or the other because they've never had any exposure to it. They don't. Uh, they don't know anything about it. They, they may be like the rest of America who believes that uh, that rifles themselves, uh, that firearms, uh, can uh, can come alive and uh, kill or injure people just uh, by themselves. And uh, it's very important that we keep our heritage of rifle marksmanship alive, and, and that's what we're trying to do. And I, I'm glad that you you said that, that – now, did you say that you have a, a show that you're doing? 
Yeah, we do a show on Blog Talk Radio, um, and I got uh, I saw your show. Um, we were one. To, we were uh, were in the popular section, and you were one ahead of us. And I'm like, who's this rifleman guy? So I listened, and it's also a marksman. Marksman. That's a tradition. I never really knew about it until I started researching about it. How for many many years people came from miles to watch these competitions, and I actually gave. I didn't want to go alone. So as a graduation gift for uh, one of my young uh, friends, um, we're going together. And, I mean, he, he's extremely excited about it. and um, It's part of the conservation club. And I think, as you said, people don't understand the history of this. They, they, they just, we just tend to think, as you said, cowboys or whatever. But the bottom line is that, I mean, when you read about it, it it's as tradition-rich as a sport or anything else we've had in this country. And it is important that, uh, as almost with everything, there be some type of youth movement to help uh, resurgent something or keep it alive. Right, and the uh, the thing, one of the things that 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 gets passed over, that doesn't get talked about as much about uh, the benefits of the Alpha Seed Project, is that the folks that come to an event, the kids and stuff that come to an event, they get a rock solid foundation in rifle safety. Uh, so when a kid, uh, when they come across, a, uh, you know, a firearm somewhere else in their life, then it's not going to be uh, an, ex, uh, an exposure to that firearm. It's not going to be a first exposure that uh, that could be plagued by ignorance. They're going to know exactly uh, what the the safe way to handle a firearm is. They're going to understand. Uh, uh, they're going to understand how to make a rifle safe, and uh, there's not going to be any of the. Uh, well, I say there's not going to be any kids or kids, but they're they're going to understand uh, all of the safety rules for handling a firearm. And one of the things that uh, I think one of the things that, that you see sometimes as kids is that if they've never been around something or if they've never seen something, then the first time they see it, if they were to, uh, if they were to say, find a, a firearm at uh, somebody's house or something, and since they'd never handled a firearm or anything else, so number one, they wouldn't know anything about it. They wouldn't know the safe way to handle it. Number two, it'd be, like it'd be like a brand new first exposure to the elephant, and uh, and that can be very dangerous. And uh, I think Appleseed goes a, a long way towards schooling uh, any everybody that comes, giving everybody that comes a, a solid foundation in rifle safety, the safe way to handle firearms. So that's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot, but I think it's a great benefit of attending an Appleseed event. Yeah, you know, one of the neat things I've noticed from talking to people, too, we look at tradition, a, a lady who walks down the uh, aisle. Um, she's wearing her grandmother's wedding dress. Many of these wonderful-type uh, rifles and firearms are handed down to just generations, and it's very – there's such a story behind a story of the firearm. They're just – you, you can almost just – take away a whole day's time listening to some of these great stories about uh, how this firearm was purchased 
and how it got passed down to the ownership that it's in their, that person's hands today. And I wanted to make a comment regarding our show when we wanted you on for the Second Amendment. Basically, I wanted you on to talk about Appleseed and just the things you're doing, as well as educate um, what our Second Amendment rights are. It wasn't a, it's not a argument like this guy or not like this guy. Because um, a lot of people are so naive about firearms. They're just so, I, I don't want to say lost, but they're almost like they're dummies or something. They just don't understand oh, the history and tradition. I'm sorry, go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, I, and and even more so about about our about this program about the Appleseed Project because you know I I'll occasionally I'll I'll do the uh, Google hunting party thing where uh, I try and find what uh, things that are being said about Appleseed or things that are on Google about Appleseed and I can't tell you how many times I've come across other folks discussing it, uh, other forums and stuff, and it's supposed to be a forum of uh, educated people, and yet uh, uh, I'll find uh, I'll find discussions about the Appleseed Project being a, a program designed to teach people how to, to hunt and shoot uh, gays and lesbians, or, uh, uh, or teaching kids to become uh, school massacre kids, etc. On and on, and uh, and, uh, and my jaw just drops because I'm thinking these 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 are people are are when they appear to be otherwise intelligent folks, and yet this is this is what they're saying uh, about a program that they they know nothing about. What's the what's the name of the the show that you're doing, Mike? I still got you, Mike. I still have myself. Am I still on the air? Can you? You're uh, still on, Scout. Okay, all right. I I think Mike uh, got lost or something there. All righty. Okay, Mike. If you uh, if you can hear me. what I'll do is uh, I'm going to hang up, not because I'm tired of talking to you, I'm going to hang up so that I give you a chance to call back in. So go ahead and call back in so you can finish up. Because I'd like you to get your the information about your show uh, on the air here for the folks that are listening, all right? I'm going to hang up on you Sorry. so that you can, uh, you can redial. I think, that, uh, I think that I just heard his voice right as I was pushing the button, but it was too late. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh co-host whenever he when he calls in just uh I'll just grab him uh, as soon as he calls back in. We will and we've got his contact information so you can get a hold of him later after the show. Okay. All right. All righty. Uh all right, so he'll he should be calling back in in just a minute. When he does we'll get him back in the air. Uh, let me finish what I was saying though. That is that the uh the uh, the attitude in England was not uh, 100% of the folks uh, that were for the uh, the war in the Americas. Uh, the, a great many of the folks there were against it. You know, they considered the colonists to be British citizens, 
and and to be a very important part uh, of the British Empire, and uh, they weren't uh, they weren't behind it, and uh, and they didn't think that the uh, the events leading up to uh, April 1975, uh, they didn't think it was a uh, a proud moment for England, and uh, so there were a lot of folks that were not happy uh, about the the coming war, about the uh, about the, the problems in the colonies. Uh, let me get to the let me get to a, just a couple of letters here. <clears throat> All right, this is, uh, and once again, I'm reading from uh, the Spirit of '76, and uh, and that is these are the letters written by the people who are there experiencing the events. This isn't uh, this isn't me reading the letters and giving you my interpretation. These are the actual letters. All right, this is from uh, uh, an English woman. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, an Englishman in uh, in Great Britain. I maintain that the sense of the best and wisest men in this country are on the side of the Americans that three to one in Ireland are on their side, that the soldiers and sailors feel an unwillingness to the service, that you will never find the same exertions of spirit in this as in other wars. I speak it to the credit of the fleet and the army. They do not like to butcher men whom the greatest characters in this country consider as contending in the glorious cause of preserving those institutions which are necessary to the happiness, security, and elevation of the human mind. I am well informed that four field officers in the four regiments now going from Ireland have desired leave to retire or to sell their commissions. I do not mean to say that the soldiers or sailors in America have shown any signs of cowardice. This is below their spirit. I only assert that they in general proclaim it a disagreeable service. Most of the army feel it is as such. That numbers have not deserted is owing to their situation. There is a wide difference between the English officer or soldier who barely does his duty and the general exertions of the New England army, where every man is thinking of what further service he can perform, where every soldier to a mind who loves to contemplate the glorious spirit of freedom, no spectacle can be more affecting than the action at Bunker Hill. To see an irregular peasantry commanded by a physician, inferior in number, opposed by every circumstance of cannon and bombs that could terrify timid minds, calmly waiting the attack of a gallant howl, leading on the best troops in the world, with an excellent train of artillery, and twice repulsing those very troops 
who had often chased the chosen battalions of France, and at last retiring for want of ammunition, but in so respectable a manner that they were not even pursued. Who can reflect on such scenes and not adore the constitution of government which could breed such men? Who will not pause and examine before he destroys institutions that have reared such elevated spirits? Who is there that can dismiss all doubts on the justice of the cause which can inspire such conscious rectitude? The conduct of the people of New England for wisdom, courage, temperance, fortitude, and all those qualities that can command the admiration of noble minds is not surpassed in the history of any nation under the sun. Instead of wrecking our vengeance against that colony, their heroism alone should plead their forgiveness. All right? So, this is this is the attitude of a great many of those in England because this wasn't they weren't going to fight a war against uh uh against some other country against France or uh or the Netherlands or 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 Spain they were fighting against their own people and there's a, a quote, a famous quote that I read, and I I can't remember right now who to attribute it to, uh, but basically it says that uh, an Englishman is the worst person on earth to argue another Englishman uh, into slavery, and uh, and that covers a lot of it. Now, in any civil war, you can have uh, you can have both sides become so angry that that they fight in horrific fashion, and of course, almost every civil war is uh, is usually more more nasty and bloody than when you're fighting some other some other nation. Uh, but the idea that uh, that they were going to be fighting against uh, British citizens caused a great deal of the officers uh, to retire their commissions or, or ask not to be sent. Uh, it caused uh, a tremendous problem for King George in filling his commitments for soldiers. So much so, in fact, that he finally decided on hiring mercenaries on hiring German mercenaries to help fill the ranks in his in the conflict in the Americas. All right. Uh, uh, in the Seven Years' War, Britain was was able to raise an army of approximately three hundred thousand men. And uh, now, during this conflict in the Americas, uh, Britain was having a terrible time. Uh, even filling the ranks of 50,000 soldiers. Uh, now, the the explanation that the Earl of Shelburne uh, found was that in a worthy cause, we can get soldiers enough. 
All right, in a worthy cause, we can get soldiers enough. Uh, so he's implying that this was not a worthy enough cause to fill the ranks. They got 300,000 uh, men whenever they're fighting the Seven Years' War, uh, when they're fighting with uh, uh, France and Spain. And now they, they can't even fill the ranks to 50,000. Uh, so George... Uh, ended up working and uh, and hiring mercenaries. And uh, one of the things he did was uh, he sent uh, 4,000 of his own troops to Gibraltar and Minorca, and he replaced them with uh, Hanoverians. Now, he took another 4,000 soldiers out of Ireland and replaced them also with mercenaries. Uh, but But we're only talking about eight thousand men here, so this wasn't this wasn't a great help. <clears throat> uh, he tried to hire soldiers from uh, Catherine in Russia, from the uh, the uh, Empress Catherine of Russia, but she rejected his overtures, and uh, and she actually rejected them. And he writes. Uh, not in so genteel a manner as I should have thought might have been expected from her. She has not had the civility to answer in her own hand. So George tried to get uh, uh, Empress Catherine of Russia to uh, to provide troops for him to send the Amer- to the Americans, but she declined. Then uh, George tried to hire uh, the... Uh, the Scotch Brigade uh, from the Dutch, uh, but again, without any success, finally determined through the uh, the German principalities. So there's, well, we're not talking about Germany, uh, because at the time there wasn't a Germany, but there were a lot of principalities. You know, there were there were a lot of different, like many empires there, and. Uh, and one of the things that they had been doing for quite a while is they had been uh, training troops and then and then hiring them out, you know, for for people that had wars. And they had a, a very large contingent of professional troops who, when they weren't needed uh, at home to to fight uh, uh, amongst the principalities, then they were available for hire overseas. Uh, so, uh, Frederick the Great of Prussia, uh, which is one of the principalities, said he he didn't want anything to do with it. He wasn't he wasn't going to get involved in this. And uh, so George finally uh, finally found some uh, some of the other. Uh, Royalty there. The Prince of Brunswick, who was the brother-in-law to George III, was willing to sell 4,300 men to George for 160,000 pounds. And the Prince of Hanau, who had uh, 74 children, he had 74 of his own kids to support, uh, he wanted to get on a good thing too. And so did the uh, Lonsgrave of Hess Castle who reportedly had 100 children that uh, he had to maintain. Now, out of a population of 
population of uh, of uh, uh, right around 300,000 uh, citizens, uh, the uh, uh, the Longrave of Hesse Castle was able to provide 20,000 mercenaries to George, who paid approximately uh, three million pounds uh, for their services. So altogether, Britain had hired. Uh, uh, 30,000 uh, German mercenaries uh, for a total cost of 4,700,000 pounds. And of these, uh, the 30,000, uh, about 12,000 were killed or they ended up staying in America. So about 12,000 of these troops never, they never saw home again. The the hiring of the German mercenaries uh Seemed was another thing that actually looked very, very bad for George. It seemed like very dirty business uh, to a lot of the folks in England. They didn't, uh, they didn't like it. If you if you have a problem, if you have a problem within your own country, then you you want to fix it within your own country. If the if the British were having trouble with their colonists, then the then the honorable way to fix it would have been with uh, to have solved it from within their own ranks, but they didn't. So he hired the thirty thousand uh, mercenaries. Now to make matters worse, the uh, the ministries had struck a really bad bargain with the the Germans. The uh, the treaties that they signed. Uh, in order for them to preserve the appearances, to make it seem like uh, like they weren't like outright hiring mercenaries to go over and kill the colonists, uh, actually had provisions for reciprocity, right? And uh, and these the reciprocity agreements were very heavily uh, they sparked a lot of uh, a lot of concern, a lot of anger because what that meant was that if something went on in the uh, the German principalities, that uh, England was going to be, they were going to be uh, required uh, to send British troops there. But uh, nevertheless, the, uh, the decision to have the troops and send them to the colonies was, was passed, uh, Let's see, there was a 252 to 88 vote in the Commons and 100 to 32 in the House of Lords. And uh, so, uh, let me uh, let me read you a quick letter uh, quick letter from the Dutch. Uh, honorable and mighty gentlemen, this is from uh, John, uh, Johan de Klerk. Uh, who was answering George's request uh, for the loan of the Scotch Brigade. This brings me to my last observation. Though not as principals, yet as auxiliaries, our troops would be employed towards suppressing, in parentheses, what some please to call a rebellion in the American colonies, for which purpose I would rather see Janissaries hired than troops of a free state. And what an odious light this must 
this unnatural civil war appear to all of Europe. A war in which even savages refuse to engage. More odious still would it appear for a people to take a part there and who were themselves once slaves bore that hateful name, but at last had spirit to fight themselves free. But above all, it must appear superlatively detestable to me who think the Americans worthy of every man's esteem and look upon them as a brave people, defending in a becoming, manly, and religious manner those rights which as men they derive from God, not from the legislature of Great Britain. Their mode of proceeding will, I hope, serve as an example to every nation deprived by any means of its privileges, yet fortunate enough in being able to make suitable efforts towards retaining or regaining them. So there we have it. That's uh, that's about as blunt of a uh, of a no thank you as you can get. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Here's a quick letter from Lord North. He's now he's justifying the hiring of mercenaries. Uh, let's see. Lord North said no questions could arrive upon it, but three, all of which were too plain to require much elucidation. Whether the troops proposed to be hired were wanted, whether the terms on which they were procured were advantageous, and whether the force was such as might be deemed fully adequate to the effect for the operations for which it was intended. As the first point, North said that reducing America to a proper constitutional state of obedience being the great object of Parliament, the best and most speedy means of effecting so desirable a purpose was a motive which induced the administration to adopt the measure of hiring mercenaries. Because men could be readier, readier had and much cheaper terms in this way than we could possibly recruit them at home. On the second, he observed, not only in the view of comparative cheapness with home levies, but as referring to former times, the present troops would cost us less than, in parentheses, taking all the circumstances together, in parentheses, we could have expected. And lastly, that such the force which this measure would enable us to send to America would be such as, in all human probability, would compel that country to agree to terms of submission, perhaps without any further effusion of blood. So, uh, one last thing that I want to read you about this <clears throat> is uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote a satire uh, on the hiring of the troops. Now, he's writing this... Uh, uh, he's writing this uh, as uh, as if he were one of the uh, uh, the principals engaged in hiring them. And uh, let's see. <clears throat> Monsieur Le Baron. On my return from Naples, I received at Rome your letter of the 27th of December of last year. I've learned with unspeakable pleasure the courage our troops exhibited at Trenton, and you cannot imagine my joy 
on being told that of the 1,915 Hessians engaged in the fight, only 345 escaped. There were just 1,605 men killed. And I cannot sufficiently commend your prudence in sending an exact list of the dead to my minister in London. This precaution was the more necessary as a report sent to the English ministry does not give but 1,455 dead. This would make 483,450 florins instead of 643,500 florins, which I am entitled to demand under our convention. You will comprehend the prejudice which such an error would work in my finances, and I do not doubt you will take the necessary pains to prove that Lord North's list is false and yours is correct. So I'm going to keep reading, but you understand what he's doing. He's writing as if he were one of the characters involved in this. And the reason that he's saying this is that that he's glad to hear that of uh, the other 150 men that were killed is because the... uh, the German princes were receiving uh, bounties on their troops that were killed. If one of their if their one of their troops were killed, then they were going to get paid uh, even more if that guy was killed. Not his family or his village, but the prince was right. So he's writing this to make it sound like the the prince is happy that uh, that the uh, the troops he's sending uh, uh, are killed. The the Court of London objects that there were a hundred wounded who ought not to be included in the list nor paid for his debt, but I trust you will not overlook my instructions to you on quitting Cassell, and that you will not have tried by human succor to recall the life of the unfortunates whose days could not be lengthened but by the loss of a leg or an arm. That would be making them a pernicious present, and I'm sure they would rather die and live in a condition no longer fit for my service. Uh, So he's saying that you you really shouldn't try and save these guys, these troops, because I'm sure that they would rather die than than not being able to fight in the service of their prince, making money for their prince. And he continues on, I do not mean by this that you should assassinate them. Uh, We should be humane, humane, but my dear Baron, but you may insinuate to the surgeons with the entire propriety that a crippled man is a reproach to their profession and that there is no wiser course than to let every one of them die when he ceases to be fit to fight. I'm about to send you some new recruits. Don't economize them. Remember, glory before all things. Glory is true wealth. There is nothing degrades a soldier like the love of money. He must care only for honor and reputation. But his reputation must be acquired in the midst of dangers. A battle gained without costing the conqueror any blood is an inglorious success. While the conquered cover themselves with glory by perishing with their arms in their hands. Do you remember that of the 300 uh, Lacadamians who defended the defile of Thermopylae, not one returned? How happy should I be could I say the same of my brave Hessian troops? It is true that their king, Leonidas, perished with him, but things have changed. It is no longer the custom for princes of the empire to go and fight in America for a cause with which they have no concern. And besides, 
to whom should they pay the 30 guineas per a man if I did not stay in Europe to receive the money? Then it is necessary also that I be ready to send recruits to replace the men you lose. For this purpose, I must return to Hest. It is true, grown men are becoming scarce there, but I will send you boys. Besides, the scarcer the commodity, the higher the price. I am assured that the women and little girls have begun to till our lands, and they get on not too badly. You did right to send back to Europe that Dr. Krumeris, who was so successful in curing dysentery. Don't bother with a man who is subject to looseness of the bowels. That disease makes bad soldiers. One coward will do more mischief in an engagement than ten brave men will do good. Better that they burst in their barracks than fly in a battle and tarnish the glory of our arms. Besides, you know that they pay me as killed for all who die from disease, and I don't get a farthing for runaways. Oh, my gosh. So he's saying, look, don't cure the dysentery. I get paid just as much for the guys that die of, uh, of dysentery as I do for the ones that die in battle. But he's not getting a penny for the ones that want to run, that run away and, and go over to the other side. <clears throat> My trip to Italy, which has cost me enormously, makes it desirable that there should be a great mortality among them. You will therefore promise promotion to all who expose themselves. You will exhort them to seek glory in the midst of dangers. You will say to Major Mondorf that I am not at all content with his saving the 345 men who escaped the massacre of Trenton. Through the whole campaign, he has not had 10 men killed in consequence of his orders. Finally, let it be your principal object to prolong the war and avoid a decisive engagement on either side, for I have made arrangements for a grand Italian opera and I do not wish to be obliged to give it up. Meantime, I pray God, my dear Baron de Hollendorf, to have you in this holy and gracious keeping. <laughs> All right, well, that, that's entirely satiric writing from from Franklin, but uh, he's doing it to uh, to color the hiring of mercenaries and uh, to expose uh, the fact that uh, that the princes were getting uh, paid a great deal uh, for this, and uh, and uh, and just exposing the the bad business uh, that it was. Uh, all right, we've got uh, we've got another another ten minutes and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so if you uh, if there's anybody that wants to call in, still got another call, ten minutes to call in. We'll take your call though at the end of the show. And uh, uh, and uh, <clears throat> let me see here. Now. Okay, yeah, we'll take your calls all the way to the end of the show. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. All right. That brings us to the Declaration of Independence. And once again, this wasn't a uh this wasn't a spontaneous thing where uh from from day one 
everyone said, let's let's have this war, let's have this civil war, and then <clears throat> let's start it off with, or let's have the war because we want to, uh, we want to have independence for America. <clears throat> the, the there was a great deal of discussion, and uh, at the beginning there wasn't a desire. Uh, for independence. Now, I'm not going to say that's not that's true for everyone. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that there were there were folks who thought about this uh, before anything ever happened at uh, Lexington and Concord. But for the vast majority, there was no thought of independence. Uh, we've discussed this several times here on the show. The the idea, the whole idea behind the protest was not so that they could become an independent nation. Uh, they simply wanted their rights under the English Constitution, and they were denied them. And this isn't a this wasn't a uh, a case of a, of the American colonies being singled singled out for this type of treatment. Uh, all the colonies in the empire were were treated in, in basically kind of the same way. However, the difference is this, is that uh, in very few places were there actually, uh, were there colonies that, that were started that weren't, that hadn't been started in a country uh, that had uh, that already had an existing population. So in, in America, it was it was a great deal different, and they didn't they weren't looking for independence. They were looking for for the the equitable treatment that they would receive uh, the same uh, the same rights, the same freedoms, the same benefits. That those living uh, on the mainland in uh, England were receiving, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, when he when when Governor Hutchinson wrote uh, when he was writing about the Declaration of, of Independence, uh, he had alleged that some American leaders had been working for independence ever since the days of the Stamp Act, and. Uh, now we know this isn't true, or at least not entirely true. And and late in life, John uh, Adams uh, appeared to give some support to this theory. Uh, the the revolution, the American Revolution, and when he was writing to his friend Thomas McKean of Pennsylvania, uh, Adams said that the the revolution was in the minds of the people. And in the union of the colonies, both of which were accomplished before the hostilities commenced, uh, are commenced. But, but at the same time, you know, he was talking to another friend, and he was assuring him that that while there had always been a desire for independence from Parliament, that there had never been any desire for independence from the Crown before the crisis of seventy five seventy six. Uh, in matter of fact, he wrote for his part there was not a, a moment during the revolution when he would have not have given everything he possessed 
for a restoration of the, to the state of things before the contest began. So he's saying that throughout the whole revolution that there was never a point when when he wouldn't have been glad to revert back to uh, the uh, the way things were before the Stamp Act, before the difficulties. Now, now there is uh, there there is exaggeration in what he's writing uh, because there's plenty of evidence that is fairly conclusive that uh, that that it was a restoration to the state of things before the contest began that that almost all of the Americans wanted. I mean, that's, that's basically what everybody wanted. They wanted, they didn't want a war. They didn't want hardship. Listen, nobody, this wasn't a bloodthirsty nation desiring war. Nobody really wanted a war. They they really, all of them, everybody wanted to go back to how things were going in 72, 73, before things got bad. Uh, in March of 1775, uh, Benjamin Franklin was uh, assuring Lord Chatham that that he'd never heard uh, he'd never heard anyone in any conversation from any person, drunk or sober, that uh, that. That, who were expressing uh, a wish for separation or a hint that such a thing would be advantageous to America. And uh, uh, let's see, the uh, the clergyman Jonathan Butcher uh, wrote that uh, uh, I guess he had overheard George Washington when he was on his way to Philadelphia in the spring of 1776. Uh, he heard George Washington assert that that if he had ever heard of his joining in any such measures uh, as independence, uh, that he had his leave to set him down for everything wicked. That means that that Washington was saying that if uh, that he had no foreknowledge or any foredesire desire uh, to be uh, to be. Uh, Involved in in anything, any kind of machinations that, that were geared toward providing independence. Uh, so, so we have uh, we have uh, declarations from from quite a few folks who are saying, "Look, no, we, we never wanted this. We never we 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 never wanted this," and and we have plenty of information that. All the way until the uh, Declaration of Independence was made, and even after that, there was continuous entreaties by uh, by the Continental Congress and by everybody who who had the ear of anyone in England for reconciliation, and uh, and and far from uh, from being the 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 bloodthirsty or, or violent uh, folks that uh, that uh, Lord Germain and that uh, that King George figured all of the uh, Americans were. They were the the leaders of the American Revolution were were very prudent, very cautious, very very judicious folks in 
And, of course, you know, there were radicals. There were radicals in every colony. It's no different than today. You've got folks who are completely radical, but for the most part, the uh, most of the folks did not want uh, independence at the beginning. Uh, <clears throat> all right, we'll uh, pick this up where we left it off uh, next week. I want to thank the folks for calling in tonight. We uh, a lot of great callers, and I look forward to seeing Miguel and uh, Rachel uh, here on the line to Villa as instructors. Uh, I hope that uh, uh, I can't remember his uh, I can't remember his name now, but uh, the uh, in Florida. I hope that uh, he can get some more of his family members to come, and I hope that. Uh, I hope that uh, that all of them will continue to call in and give us uh, updates for uh, for the events in their areas. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody for calling in. I want to thank you for uh, keeping us in the uh, in the very top of our spot. You heard the cool mic thing. You were trying to figure out who was uh, who was ahead of them. Thank you all. God bless and keep you all. We'll see you next Thursday at uh, uh, seven p.m. Central. All right. Uh, good night, everybody.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.